0: Welcome to Quest with Kirk Durston. I'm your host, Sheldon Kotick. You can subscribe on Apple, Google, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. And don't forget to give us five stars if you like it. If you don't like it, please tell us why. And now, Quest with Kirk Durston. All right, Kirk, how are you doing today?
1: I'm doing fine, how about yourself?
0: Doing pretty good. Uh, You're doing fine today. Mm.
1: Yesterday, not so fine. No, no, I, I ate something. Umbrella. Ate something you shouldn't have, I suppose. <clears throat> actually, I ate it on Tuesday and mm. uh, paid the price.
0: So it wasn't just like particles from before the universe began that attacked your
1: system? Well, actually, uh, the components where the particles have been particles that have been around for a long time but those components can be rearranged in all sorts of different ways and some of them are bad bacteria in your food and uh, we figure it came from outside I Have a reasonable idea where it came from but um, that's just the way it goes sometimes
0: not fun <laughs> not fun what else is going on in, uh, in the Durston uh, family these days How's the baby?
1: Oh, uh, doing very well. It's been a week now, and the baby is healthy and drinking milk like there was no tomorrow. That's always what I Good. i guess everybody likes to see when you got a new baby. <clears> throat> My throat mm-hmm. is a little hoarse, I think, from the wonderful experience I had the last day of food poisoning, but uh, <clears throat> I got some hot lemon with um, honey in it, actually, a little on the sweet side.
0: Good, good, good. That that should uh, make everything all better in a couple days. Hope so. All right. Well, um, today we're going to talk about uh, in the beginning. Um, maybe if if you haven't had the opportunity to see the last few live streams that we've done, we've talked a little bit about um, what physics and math may say about how the world began. Uh, how the universe began uh kirk do you want to take like two minutes and just do a recap uh of uh of what is natural uh in terms of um if the world began just in a purely natural way no supernatural impact Mm -hmm. uh what would that look like what what would that mean
1: you know, I think uh, what people think it would look like and what it would actually look like is radically different. Uh, so different that I don't even think we can wrap our minds around what it would be like if it, be, if it was just totally natural. But uh, basically, you would have had an explosion of, of energy in the past that rapidly uh, condensed into particles, uh, expanded very rapidly for a little bit, and then uh, gradually coalesced into clouds of gas and particles, which eventually form stars and galaxies and planets. And if it was totally natural, if everything in reality is composed just of the material world and the laws of physics that control it, then every thought you ever had and ever will have is completely determined from those initial conditions of the universe, including your reaction to what I just said.
0: Mm, Even just the fact I opened my mouth. Exactly. Uh, it was yeah. determined determined yeah. at that initial, um yeah. what, what people refer to as the Big Bang.
1: When you actually start thinking about it, it gets mind-staggeringly difficult to embrace that theory, because when you start seeing the implications, it means that you don't have free will, for one. That's just all determined. But uh, people can sort of live with that, I suppose, if they don't think very deeply about it. But then if they do think deeply about it, they realize they're not actually thinking. Every thought you have is just a brain state, also determined, Um, everything you ever, every piece of music that's ever been composed was determined by the initial conditions. Every book you ever read, every poem ever made, every, you know, every love song ever sung, all determined by initial, the person you fell in love with, determined by the initial conditions of the universe. You know, it's just, it becomes really quite bizarre and then you have to ask yourself, I got to pay a price if I'm going to embrace materialism. It means everything I think and do and say, everything I think the world is, is, is totally what would Sabine Hossenfelder say? Being or say uh, silliness. It's just being silly. There is no, in fact, being silly was determined. Um, or there actually is more to us than just the material aspect. There's actually something about I me, mean, let's call it a mind that can think and reason, and create music, and uh, actually love people That's with a love that's not contingent and determined by physical circumstances and so forth.
0: So if you just think purely natural, there's no such thing as good, there's no such thing as evil, there's no such thing as um, ethics. If that's just purely uh, something that the particles in our heads over – the time that those particles have been working, bouncing off each other, et cetera, um, that is purely just made up.
1: Exactly. In fact, uh, made up by the initial conditions of the universe. Every There is no such thing as right and wrong, good and evil. There, that's just, as, as Austin Felder would have described free will in her video that I come on last week, it's just an illusion. It's just silly to believe in stuff like, good and evil, right and wrong. It's just particles in molecules and complex molecules banging into each other, reacting to each other. And everything you do or think you do is just mainly is just completely a reaction to the physical events that were a fraction of a second earlier.
0: So, so those physical events would include things like uh, a dictator coming in and taking over or trying to take over another country. Exactly. So if you believe purely in the natural order, there is one, you can't really complain that Putin is doing this because it was just determined by the initial conditions of the universe. hmm you can't change his mind because he doesn't have one. (laughs) Uh, It's just a bunch of particles that you might by your voice and radio waves and different things impact his particles that were already set up to, to be determined on how they will react with your particles. So there's no logic. There's no, there's no way you can, can really blame Putin for doing this because he's really just a bunch of particles.
1: (laughs) Well, you see, this is where it gets tricky because people uh, come up with reasons why we should protest or why we should react. But the moment they start doing that, they're refuting their assumption that the world is just a material uh, conglomeration of particles and laws of physics. The moment they start thinking then they are assuming a mind. They are actually, the way I look at it, you got a mind. And the reason why you're thinking is that there is a mind that does the thinking for you, that interfaces with you through your brain. And so if you have a mind, there is such a thing as right and wrong, good and evil, and that you can reason with people as long as they're not unhinged. And I'm not 100% sure where Putin is right now. I think he has a pretty large ego and typically speaking, people in high political positions with very large egos uh, will not back down, uh, no matter how wrong people might try and argue that they're the position they're taking. We saw this in a smaller case here in Canada. We'll see it. We're seeing it in a major case there in the Soviet Union. But uh, you can t- a person can be right or a country can be right, but if the person in power if the person with the ego uh feels threatened in any way or feel feels challenged in any way they're not going to back down so i mean i noticed (laughs) i noticed some russian oligarch this morning has posted a one million dollar reward for any high ranking or any russian official that'll arrest putin and he can be arrested under russian law the constitutional law he has violated it he can be arrested but I'm not sure <laughs> I'm not sure how that's gonna get pulled off because you'd have to have quite a few guys involved to pull that off,
0: yeah, and I don't know. Did you see the picture of him sitting at the table with a few of his high powered generals? He's at like one end of the table and like twenty five feet down at the other end of the table, he's got his people that are giving him the update. yeah, um, I mean that I wouldn't want to be one of the guys giving him the update because he can't be happy right now. Um, I am pretty sure they aren't allowed in that room with any guns or anything to yeah. potentially take him out. I'm so. sure he
1: would be, but they would not be. But the fact, yeah. when you look at that table, and that's not just a one-shot deal. You, you look at all the meetings mm-hmm. he's had recently. He is at the far end of that table. Everybody's at this side. Um, when you look at that, you know that that speaks strongly that there's a psychological disorder at play here. There's something going on in his own mental state that he has to have this he, he puts himself at one end of the table and has a huge distance it could be paranoia it could be covid related actually because he did react uh, maybe a little over the top for his own personal safety his own personal safety not so much for russia's safety but for his own personal mm-hmm. safety he was very extreme he, went, he was a bit extreme and this may be a part of that but that all whatever it is it shows there's a there's something psychological there's a psychological issue there and when you have a person with that amount of power, with that amount of nuclear weapons at his disposal, and with a, an ego like he has, it's it's just a horrible combination. I don't think well, I, and he has changed his tactics in Ukraine as of I guess four or five hours ago. He was taking the Western approach where you try and minimize civilian casualties, and that's changed now. He's just hammering the cities. He couldn't care if he kills tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of civilians. And um, that tells me that his um, things have ramped up a little more in his own personal state and he's not playing nice anymore. He's not going to play by the international rules anymore. And that ratchets us up one more. Now, if he's successful at that, then we can breathe easy. But if somehow things go wrong, then that's when an unhinged person could just do irrational things.
0: Yeah. Um, And again, if all you care about and all you think this universe um, is made of is particles, and there's no such thing as uh, a supernatural um, implication or uh, thing behind the scenes happening, um, well, you can't really blame them
1: no no in fact <laughs> i have thought this through for many many years and if i was truly an atheist and a materialist i would be what's called a pragmatic atheist there's all different kinds of atheists some are like real thinking atheists that i really enjoy sitting down with and discussing with some are atheists by upbringing which i, I was in the ukraine for a month the last year it was still part of the soviet union and they would always, many of them would come up, hi, how are you doing? I'm an atheist. I know nothing about God. We had a, a film about Jesus. Show us the film about Jesus. I literally had the rector of the Institute, uh, what was it, Institute Polytechnic, 30,000 student uh, university in Naviv, if I recall correctly, literally holding the, the sleeve of my shirt begging me he's telling me he's an atheist but he's begging me to show the Jesus film on his university. I didn't know who he was but it was embarrassing. I'm not usually have used to having people beg me that that urgently like it's it's is demeaning to the person who's begging and I I just said oh, I I okay we'll do something we'll make it happen and after all, afterwards I found out who he was. So um yeah it's it's there's that kind of an atheist that's just an atheist by default or by upbringing. But then there's the, the, what I would, the kind of atheist I would be was a pragmatic atheist. If I really believe this world is nothing but material, then I'm just going to have as good a time as I can while avoiding getting into trouble over there. And if someone's causing a problem over here, I'm going to deal with that, including, you know, Russia, if he's causing a problem, nuke him but that might not be a good idea because that can accelerate. So that's that would not be on the table as far as I'm concerned because I'd be a rational atheist, rational materialist. So nukes are off off the, I don't even know what you have them for basically. So it'd just be one long, ugly war. I don't know um, how I'd resolve it, but I
0: got- uh, Okay, but I, I'm, I'm struggling here, Kirk, because if you're a, what you would call a rational atheist, where are you? How are you getting that mind and the ability to think and process <laughs> all of this stuff to make the determination of what is wrong and right? And why isn't those particles able to do what Putin wants to do?
1: Well, uh, Sheldon, I hope I would be rational enough. I would have the wit as, an, as a thinking atheist to realize that. I would have to say, wait a sec here, I'm thinking. I'm thinking according to rules of logic, not according to whatever I ate for breakfast or perish the thought, whatever I ate two days ago, that gave me food poisoning. No, I am thinking according to rules of logic. And that tells me there's something going on here, something not.
0: Okay, so we had some atheists come in to the chat and uh, we love those comments so keep them coming um preferably make them questions or make a statement not just throwing bad words and stuff at us that's yeah and make a shorter statement that's good too um but like we'd love to hear from you are 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 we missing something like i know i am i'm always missing something but kirk's pretty smart so he's he's trained he he knows physics he knows science um so if you think Kirk's wrong, tell us why he is wrong. And that way we can have a conversation. Um, so we, we would love to hear those comments. We'd love to uh, be able to engage. And uh, if any show up uh, now, we will try and answer them as we're in this chat, but, or as we're in the stream. So let's – okay, so am I missing something here? Is there a potential – Natural solution to the thinking, the ability to think beyond a supernatural being.
1: Well, I think the the most common response be well, we've sort of evolved into becoming sort of like a computer in our in my in our heads that runs software. Like that's a phrase or a term that Sabine Hossenfelder used in last week's video.
0: But but how does how does that evolution happen? When it's just a bunch of particles that were already set up to do what they were supposed to do, according to the initial conditions of the universe. Yeah. Like, how does that happen? Is it just particles banging into each other?
1: I suppose. Yep. Uh, now uh, in the end though, you can actually run, run calculations. You can run equations and see what the numbers are that you would, uh, that we would expect anything like software. Cause we know from our own experience, a computer is a piece of hardware. It's got nothing supernatural about it. It's just a piece of hardware. You hit enter, it sits there and does its... Everything that happens when you hit enter is completely determined by the creator of that laptop and the writer of the software that it's running. It's completely determined. It doesn't come up, it doesn't randomly head off in another direction. That's why we can trust computers to do their thing. But the answer is totally determined by two things. The hardware... And the software, it's running. So the question is, so we look at that and we say, oh, hardware, that's just particles. So we can postulate that maybe where our brains are something like that, just kind of by collisions and fortuitous events throughout the universe, uh, we've got something that's sort of like a computer. The problem is...
0: It's just a bunch of ones and zeros. Yeah.
1: Well, no, that's the software. Software is ones and zeros. The hardware is...
0: Okay. So, so the, the hardware is just the the ones and zeros turning on and off. the switches.
1: taking those ones and zeros. But the problem is how did those ones and zeros get organized properly to, to form the software that the hardware needs to run? That's the question. And so we actually got equations that you can run, you can, and they're very simple to to calculate. Uh, You can calculate how much functional information is required to code for a given piece of software. And the amazing thing about these equations and they're in every single equation that we have for estimating information in this world if there's a there's a single thing at the heart of it and it's probability it's the probability of getting something useful or the probability of getting anything at all and if that top number is is significantly smaller than the bottom number then uh then you've got to say well, this is kind of improbable like say Example, flip a coin. Total number of possible answers is two, heads or tails. You flip a coin and uh, you've decided ahead of time if you're going to go uh, skiing this Saturday, you need to go heads. So you need heads. Heads is the right answer. So you've got, there's one right answer. There's two possible answers. So the probability that you'll get heads is exactly 0.5 or one half that's pretty good probability. And there's a decent chance you'll be going uh, skiing on, but what about breaking open the safe at the local bank where it has a lot of numbers. And when you actually start calculating how many totally different numbers could you get with that many digits versus how many will actually open the vault, then you say, well, that's, the guy's going to be there a long time if he's just dialing in random numbers. That's nothing, nothing in comparison to the kind of software. That we need to run our kind of computers nowadays the kind of software and here's the deal every piece of software that's of any significance has been created by human intelligence now human intelligence can we're getting to the point now where we can write software that will itself write software but you have to be extremely careful when you're writing the software that's going to write the software to create the right kind of what you call fitness functions. That is the software has to know if it's getting closer or, or further away from something that's going to be useful. Anyway, I digress. Bottom line is this. When you start as a materialist, start talking about software running in your head, you've got to stop right there and say, okay, let's crunch the numbers. Oh, the numbers are so small, you will never hope to get even a, a single you will never hope to even get the computer in your head in the history of the universe before the last star burns out. You can run those numbers because I have run them a lot in just for proteins and gene protein-coding genes. and uh, So that idea that it can uh, just come together by collisions in your brain and now you can think, it's not on. Scientifically, you can thoroughly falsify that option. Nevertheless, people seem to think, well, I'm a material, I can think. Therefore, thinking is possible under materialism, but
0: <laughs> but- okay so like I I've seen the um the cartoons of uh, an infinite number of monkeys on an infinite number of typewriters and eventually you'd be able to get the dictionary or whatever the uh, book is that uh, that uh, analogy came out of but if one of those typewriters isn't working properly or you don't have enough time you're not going to get one little book
1: yeah that's true like in, in our case um you don't have an infinite number of monkeys typing on it on typewriters and you don't have an infinite amount of time uh the material the material the the current estimate in in science for the age of the universe is roughly 13 billion years sometimes depending on which it could be 10.5 billion could be 13 billion 12.7 billion but In that ballpark, that is not anywhere remotely close to the amount of time for let's say every star in the universe and every planet in the universe was a monkey. Let's make it even better. Every particle in the universe was a monkey typing on typewriters. The question is, how much could the monkey come up with in 10 billion? How much could any of the monkeys come up with in 10 billion years if you had. 10 to the 80 particles which is roughly the estimated number of particles in the universe so you got 10 to the 80 monkeys typing on typewriters for 10 billion years you will not even get the software required to encode one average protein in biological life that's how hard it is so yeah i realize you get an infinite number and that's the only way out you actually do need an infinite number of universes over an infinite amount of time, and well, infinite number of universes, you don't even need an infinite amount of time because you've got an infinite number of kicks to the can right there. And some, like Eugene Kuhn, an evolutionary biologist, says that may actually be the solution to why we see life here on Earth Earth, because the probabilities are so small you'll never see them anywhere in the universe. So obviously there must be an infinite number of universes is his conclusion. My response is you're postulating an infinite number of unseen, untestable entities. Why not just go with one unseen entity? Let's call it a superintelligence that has coded for the universe and life and so on and so forth. I take one unseen entity. He takes an infinite number. Occam's razor says, go with a simpler explanation. We have an intelligent creator of the of nature. And logic.
0: So, so logically, um, we can point to a supernatural Entity.
1: Yes. Yes, we can.
0: And there's no other option here. I haven't done that. It's but either for you. It's it's either like um natural or supernatural. There's no medium thing here, right? Exactly. That, um, so so let's say okay, um infinite number of universes is the possible. Let's let's give the possibility. That that is, um, uh, that that is what happened. Um, in that process, what are the chances that this universe happened? Like, have you run the numbers to see what, what the possibility of this universe taking place is?
1: Uh, just off the top, of
0: all the particles, all the particles in the world, just collided in the perfect way to create this, where we are today.
1: I um, I could be wrong here, because I've seen somebody raise an objection to what I'm about to say, but I didn't pursue it well enough to, to check to see. But uh, my response would be: if you have an infinite number of trials, then everything. Everything that has a probability greater than absolute zero will happen, and it will happen an infinite number of times. Now, there is a comeback to that, and I don't want to get into it because it's kind of technical, and I haven't worked through it myself. But it has to do with, um, yeah, uh, infinite infinite probabilities when they're multiplied together, and all that kind of stuff. So, however, an infinite number of units doesn't help, of universes does not help. Kunin, nor does it help the materialist because a key aspect of nature is time itself time uh if you look at the equations in physics you'll see that the symbol t is in every one of them now sometimes it's right out there visible sometimes it's buried in one of the variables like force equals mass times acceleration you'll say where's the t there well it's in the a and it's in the f but it's it's in the a Acceleration is um, meters per second squared. So you got seconds squared in that equation. So physics does not work without time. Time is a critical opponent. So if you had an infinite number of universes, they all have a finite lifetime. They all have to have a beginning where time starts in all those universes. And so all the infinite number of universes does is it merely sets the question back one notch. Now, instead of just having to explain where did this universe come from, now you have to explain where an infinite number came from. you got an infinite number of universes exploding into existence. <clears throat> so your problem is not solved. If anything, it's worse. So I just tend to use Occam's razor. By the way, this multi-universe stuff, uh, there have been some good papers in uh, some of the science journals, including Nature itself, that indicate... We're really talking fantasy here. We cannot test this, and you cannot—it's not testable. These theories—you've left the realm of science. Uh, you're not
0: well. It—it it also sounds like there's uh, not only can you not test it; it also sounds like it's impossible just because you're counting on the word infinite.
1: Well, there's a lot to be said about countable infinite sets, and I don't want to lose the, the audience here. But bottom line is—is is that you can't have an, a regression in the past. An infinite regression of the past that you came through and actually arrived at this point. That's impossible. So even though even though science does point to a beginning to the universe, mathematics and infinite set theory says it's required. It's it is inevitable. We can know with certainty that if you have if nature depends on time, then the amount of time that has passed in that is transpired in the past has to be finite, and there is a beginning back there. So both science and math are converging on this question that universe had a beginning. Now, here's, here's my argument. Here's why logic shows that you have to concede the existence of the supernatural. It goes like this. Premise number one, the cause of the universe is either natural or not natural. That's what you'd call a true dichotomy. The probability of that statement being true is one. It's actually a tautology if it's a true dichotomy that is if there's no other third option but what do we mean by natural and not natural so natural is define as everything that's totally dependent on space time matter and energy and the laws of physics that's nature and we know that nature had a beginning in the past what's not natural we have a word for that we'll call it supernatural and supernatural is everything that is not totally dependent on the laws of physics and space, time, matter, and energy. People might say, well, what would be in that set of things? Well, we don't even have to know what's in that set of things, but as long as it's a logical option, it's there. But we do have some idea what it would be in For example, God would be in that set. but And people say, "Ah, oh, you just mentioned God. I'm out of here. No, you know, it's not just God that's in that set. It's the axioms of logic itself is in that set. You see, the axioms of logic, when I say axioms, I'm talking about a fundamental principle that you have to start with. You don't reason to it. It's your foundation from which you reason other things. Like the principle of non-contradiction, for example, is an axiom of logic. You cannot have A and not A both at the same time. That one of them has to be false. And so let's go back to our initial premise and convert those two variables now into this. Premise number one, the cause of the universe has to be either natural or supernatural. Premise number two, just as it's logically impossible for a woman to give birth to herself, so it is logically impossible for nature to give birth to itself.
0: Okay, so let's camp on that for a second because I I know in some of the articles you've done and I've got them linked in the description of this uh, stream, but the idea of a woman giving birth to herself, um, I I think of like, you know how you can fold socks so that they're together and then you unfold them and they they get all weird or you pull a... um, pull some gloves out and you've got this feeling of something giving birth to itself in a way. Uh, is this possible at all? Like, I, I understand like my main can't, my mind can't grasp it, but is there some physics way of saying, um, the, the universe gave birth to itself?
1: No. Um, Now, I know that some people have tried to come up with some theories where the universe, you got a universe of nothing, but it's not actually nothing. And uh, there's been some Don Page, for example, another theoretical physicist has pointed out that, wait a sec, your theories of nothing still have to involve some sort of variable that even though you're not calling it time, it still is time in order to allow a change of state. But I digress there. We're getting technical. (laughs) Bottom line is okay. that physics doesn't work.
0: I, I just want to make sure we're not like skipping over yeah. an objection.
1: So say no, remember that physics itself is not the ultimate, sad to say. Right. Physics itself depends upon some more fundamental things, and those fundamentals are the axioms of logic itself, the causal principle, for example. Physics will not even work, has no capability of ever doing anything without the causal principle. Logical conclusions are again, another special case of the causal principle, the universal causal principle. So we have, if we're gonna look at physics, the question we have is that, well, does logic help us out here? And fortunately it does. We can avoid doing the physics if logic says, this is going to involve a logical contradiction. So what is that logical contradiction about a woman giving birth to herself? Well, here it is. You have a problem. Let's call a let's say the woman's name is um, is um, Anna. So Anna doesn't exist, and we want Anna to exist. And somebody makes up a rule and says only Anna can bring things into existence. But Anna doesn't exist any yet. Well, then we're in a, Normally, you would say, well, I guess Anna is never going to exist if Anna is the only thing that can bring things into existence, and and we just made up the rule that nothing can come into existence except Anna does it. Now, I think you see where I'm going here because Anna is really another name for nature. So we've made up a rule that nothing can come into existence except nature does it. But then we come to the origin of nature and now we see we have a problem. We have a situation logically prior to the origin of nature where nature does not exist logically prior. And now we want to say, how can nature come into existence? And in order to have nature bring itself into existence, we have to have nature existing when it does not exist, so that it's in a position to bring itself into existence. And what you just did there, logically prior to the origin of nature, is you created a case where you had nature does not exist and nature exists, both at the same time. That is a logical contradiction. And that is how we know with certainty that logic cannot bring, Sorry, nature cannot bring nature into existence. Or to put it slightly differently, Natural processes cannot be the origin of what brought natural processes into existence because you've just smuggled natural processes into an, a logical arena where there were none, and now we.
0: Okay, so this is like the other day um, uh, on a previous stream when I was trying to explain back to you what I was hearing from um, the uh, the phys- physicists. Um, I've- can't remember name offhand, but uh, I had said something like before the big bang. And you said, well, no, the big bang is nature coming to an, to existence. The particles weren't there before the, the big bang. The big bang brought the particles to an existence. The energy creating the big bang happened at the big bang because the energy wasn't there before the big bang, because there was nothing there. am I, am I, Am I, I correct in saying that?
1: I think that's more or less what physicists would say. In fact, uh, I, I, I should point out, I really enjoy Sabine Hassenfelder's many videos, and she has some interesting videos on what we call the Big Bang and why there might be some issues with that. But whatever it was, there is almost there's almost universal agreement that the universe came into existence at some point in the past. And amongst physicists... You have to have a point where space, time, matter, and energy come into existence. Now, some people would postulate that our universe was spawned at the event horizon of a previous universe, which itself came from a previous, it's called, uh, it's one variety of a multiverse theory. But there again, um, there's an excellent article in Nature that points out this is actually not testable. Let's not call this science. In fact, um, some have said in these, in these peer-reviewed science articles, this is a threat to the integrity of physics. We're making stuff up here to explain things that we don't have any science to explain. In fact, the bottom line is, is that if you have the, the, if you have the origin of, of nature, then science ends at time zero. Now, the, the materialist would say, I'm content with not knowing how it came about. The logician would say, no, wait a sec. You haven't exhausted all the avenues of inquiry here. You still have logic. And logic tells you that if you only have two options, natural and supernatural, and one of those options, natural, is logically impossible, then the other option, no matter how much you might disagree with it, is logically necessary. It's entailed. That is, there is a supernatural cause and foundation for all of material reality. And that is just cold, cold hard logic at work, never quoted a single religious text in this.
0: Yeah. And it it doesn't sound like, um, uh, or I, I should say, we're not, we're not saying right now that what is said in the Bible is the only supernatural explanation. There's lots of supernatural explanations out there. Yeah. All we're, all we're saying up to this point is that it's either natural which is impossible,
1: logically impossible.
0: Logically impossible, or it's there's something that happened
1: that's not natural. outside of nature. Yeah, it's not natural, not totally, not dependent on space, time, matter, and energy, or the laws of physics. It's not natural, and and like you pointed out, and it's a very important point, Sheldon. People would say, "Ah, there you go again, appealing to God." No, I never said God. All that argument does is it takes the materialist. To a point of checkmate logical checkmate when you're in checkmate there's no other moves and in this case logic takes the materialist to checkmate there are no other moves there is a supernatural origin and foundation for the physical world physical reality and the moment you got that then the idea that we have a mind that can actually think according to rules of logic and interface with our physical brain suddenly ramp the credibility that ramps way up now we have in fact it would be surprising if that supernatural foundation of the physical world never interfaced with the physical world at all but i am pointing out and it's not just me c.s lewis pointed it out nicely in his book miracles i'm pointing out there is a massive consistent interface there are tendrils of the supernatural or neurons as you might say um, metaphorical neurons each one of which is in a, uh, terminates in the mind of a human being, all over the world, and this is what allows us to think according to rational principles and logical principles, rather than just being hapless victims of whatever the magnetic field and happens to be that day, and the and the, what we ate for lunch, and what our genetics are like, and so on and so forth. Back to the origin of the universe. No, we can actually think.
0: Okay, okay so. Um... We're starting to hit the end of our our time here, but I I want to at least end um, at a space where if you're an atheist and, or maybe atheist isn't the right word. If you're an a nature only uh, materialist, I I guess is the word. If you're a materialist And you're watching the stream and you're going, oh, you missed something. Please tell us what it is. Because I'm very interested. And I'm sure Kirk would be very interested as well. So please tell us what it is. Um, And if you're a materialist and you don't have an answer to that, tell us why the supernatural is difficult for you to logically recognize. Because I think that is a, um, Eleni Heidenreich, I'm not sure what you're saying here, VIN. Am I? Uh, Kirk, do you know what that is? Is that no. just spam?
1: No, uh, no, it might be a typo. Let me just Google that here and see what's going on. That's not a term I'm familiar with, Vyn. Oh Wait a second, yeah. I forgot to put the N in there, V-Y-N.
0: It might just be spam, but in science, sometimes it's hard to tell.
1: Yeah, I don't know. There's always, okay, what does V-N stand for, best meaning? Um, <laughs> I'm still looking here. Oh, I don't think it applies here. It could be Vedic Youth Netherlands, it could be Vegetarian Youth Network, and so forth. Probably...
0: Well, vegetarian use network might be it, but, but let me let
1: me uh, just emphasize something you said, Sheldon. Not all atheists are materialists. I know a right. atheist right. who do believe in the supernatural, not God, by the way, but in a platonic sense, they do believe there is a some sort of supernatural or non-natural uh, environment within which the platonic forms exist. And, and I, I know one professor at the University of Toronto, for example, who told me he's a He's a Platonist. So what we're talking about here is strictly the materialist. Nature is all there is. Right. Materialist has to be an atheist, but not all atheists have to be materialists.
0: Right. And I, I want—I I realized I was, I was equating the two, and I didn't want to do that because I, I think we're going to get into um, where an atheist has to make a decision soon. But the materialist is basically saying, I'm okay with just... Um, not having an answer, um, I'm I'm willing to admit I I don't have an answer for this, and therefore I'm just hoping that I'm right. For some, yeah, but
1: I I would say when, when that, and that's fine if a person doesn't think very carefully deeply about it. But the moment you start thinking deeply about it, let's say if logic does have an answer, I see time and time again many materialists just kind of have a very narrow blinker. They want to look at the logical implications because in their view, science explains everything. They're not even aware that science itself has a foundation, which is the principles of logic. They just start with science. and If you're starting with science, you're in trouble because you first of all have to realize, and once you realize that science has a, has a foundation in logic and what logic starts pointing to, and the inquiry points towards a supernatural foundation and or origin for the universe.
0: Okay, so now we've gotten that. So let's get past the materialist because we've now literally left them in the particle dust. Um, <laughs> now we're getting into the supernatural. Yeah. And uh, not bringing the Bible into it at this point. We're not bringing any other religion into it at this point we're just saying something wrote the software yep is is that all we need to say at this point is something wrote the software well or could there be a supernatural thing that happened that didn't write the software and that just happened magically somehow
1: yeah, I would say that we actually haven't meticulously established that something wrote the software yet. All we've established, and this is huge, is that there's a supernatural foundation and origin for physical reality. Once you've established that, the philosophical implications are enormous. The next question is, well, is this an intelligent mind? Is this a superintelligence? And wh- what we can look at at that point is, well, uh, the universe appears to be unbelievably, incredibly fine-tuned for the purpose of supporting life. That suggests there is a mind behind it that had a purpose. The purpose being to support life. And so,
0: okay, so maybe, maybe Kirk, this is where we stop today.
1: Yeah, it'd be good to stop
0: because we've got there's a couple articles in our in our description where Kirk that Kirk has written one on uh, what caused the universe. And then two, uh, what caused God. Yep. Now, uh, if you're watching the live stream, we're going to do another live stream next week at the same time, same place. Um, read those articles. Come with your list of questions. Mm-hmm. We'd love to hear them. And, uh, and we will um, give Kirk an opportunity to answer your questions next time. If you do have questions now, get them in the chat quick because uh, we'll be ending soon. But uh I think this might be a good place to stop because we're we're at that sort of border between the, the nature and super, na- super nature, um supernatural that uh uh because now we're gonna get into some pretty cool pretty Are cool you stuff. With
1: the links below.
0: Yeah, they're they're already, oh, there. already there. Um yeah. Um so one is Kalem. I is Kalam and then cause.
1: Yeah, the first one would be what we discussed yeah. today, and what caused God. We haven't really talked about that yet.
0: No, but feel free. Go ahead, read the article. Yeah. It's there. It's been there for a long time. Uh, I think there's even a video um, a video posted there too. Uh, but come with your list of questions because uh, we'll we'll go through it. We'll go through it. But I'd love to hear your questions. I might even have a few questions. Um, all right. Uh, any last things, Kirk, uh, for today?
1: No, I just hope that you found this enjoyable and thought-provoking. Like, I realize people are all over the map on this, anywhere from, you know, total materialist to a theist. Um, and I totally understand that. And I can't make people decide what they're going to believe or not. But what I can do is hopefully stimulate your thinking. And I hope you found that today's was uh, enjoyable and thought provoking.
0: So even if you weren't part of uh, the live stream watching right now, um, feel free to comment. Lots of people are commenting. Kirk is answering them. And uh, again, come to the comments with, uh, with statements. That's fine. Um, Tell us where we're wrong. Tell us, tell us what we're missing. Uh, Because at the end of the day, we want to, um, we want to be able to, at least answer those things uh, if we can. So um, bring your questions, bring your, bring your answers, uh, point to the science. If you feel that uh, Kirk is missing something here and uh, we'll look at it and uh, talk about it next time. Awesome. Thanks Kirk. We'll talk to you next week. Bye for now. Bye.